Hello, and welcome to Dream Possible, where you will hear compelling stories of people who have pursued their dreams against all odds and reason, and maybe, maybe even made them possible. What can we learn from their journeys? Well, that's why we're here to find out. Hello, I'm Maria Retan. I had a dream once to become a news executive in a major market. Check that box. Then I had a dream to establish my own communications consultancy, and that's when Top Sales Strategies was born. I had a dream of creating a way to help journalists make a career change, and that became Jump Team Coaching. Dreams can change as you change. So what's your dream? I want you to think about that as I speak with today's guest, Claire Powell, owner of Bella Virtue Organics and former CEO of luxury leather goods brand and retailer, J.W. Hume. Claire, welcome to Dream Possible. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here, even though you went to Duke. So I just have to say that I saw you got your MBA from Duke. As you can probably guess, I am a UNC grad. So anytime I see someone with Duke in their background, I'm like, mm, I don't know. What kind of person are they really? No, I'm just joking. I, I'm, Duke's good. It's all good. I don't hold, I don't hold that against you at all. Uh, but it is, I always like to give people a hard time that went to Duke. Um, but you are not from here. Uh, as people will hear when they hear your accent, you're British. You graduated from the University of Oxford and then came to the States uh, to get your master's. Yeah. How did you find your way from the pond, over the pond, all the way to North Carolina? Yes. Well, I, uh, as you can tell, I am British um, and I spent the early part of my career um, in the UK, uh, mainly in London. And I was actually working for an American company um, it was Sarah Lee back then. It's changed a lot in the 20 odd years ago that that was. But, uh, um, and they, I was working for their apparel division and the head office of that division was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So I thought, well, why not take this opportunity? At the time I had no kids, I had a husband that could work anywhere. And um, yeah, we took the opportunity to um, you know, move over to North Carolina and, and they helped with that move and it was just an incredible opportunity. So they were, they were a wonderful um, support and um, yeah, I thought it was going to be for a couple of years and go back and here I am, you know, 18 plus years later and still here. Well, in doing really amazing things in the space, I mean, J.W. Hume, when you took that over, I mean, that was really a reinvention of the brand, wasn't it, Claire? I mean, you you had to reimagine the brand a bit yeah well what an amazing brand right to have incredible heritage just a wonderful you know minnesota born and bred um beautiful products real attention to craftsmanship um and all of those things um but you know in a world which is just ruthlessly competitive and um, in the e-commerce space just really trying to find the voice in a, a new digital world um having you know grown up in a in a sort of paper based with catalogs and, uh, you know, a much more um, analog world uh, as it was. And so how to reinvent that and, and really become um, a brand for the future and, you know, figure out what the business really was. Was it a manufacturer? Was it a retailer? Was it a brand? Was it a wholesaler? You know, how could it be successful in you know the 21st century so a lot of lot of work around that 
well, not only a lot of work, but a lot of success. I mean, you had a lot of success there um, and congratulations on that. So that had to be pretty fulfilling. But then now you've launched your own company, um, Bella Virtue Organics. I think you did that, what, about a year ago in the middle of a pandemic, no less. So, um, <laughs> and, you're, and, and the reason I brought up JW Hume is because you did really reinvent that brand. And to your point, how do you make that digitally viable? And I'm sure what you learned there helped you launch Bella uh, Virtue to um, organics, but talk about the timing around that. And, and did you always want to start your own company? Well, I don't know about always. I've always had a strong entrepreneurial spirit, uh, even working in very large companies like Haynes Brands, which is what Sara Lee became, um, the division I was in at least, you know, it was a huge multi-billion dollar company, but I was always found myself in roles that were about reinventing something or you know, turning around a brand or, um, you know, just trying to do something different or shake things up or, or change something. So I was always a kind of breaking the status quo type of, of role. So I guess that entrepreneurial spirit was always in there. And then, you know, after I left big companies and went to smaller companies of, of all different sizes, including J.W. Hume, I really, you know, a whole different experience working in a much smaller company where you've um, you're much kind of closer to the rock face, as I like to call it. You know, you're right there kind of digging in, knowing sort of every um, interaction with the customers and how it affects your cash flow. And, you know, you're really kind of in the thick of it. Um, and that was very exciting to me, although a very tough and different transition. Um, but it really whetted my appetite to be like, OK, I've made this big transition from big companies to small startup type companies or small companies. Um, what's you know you know what's it like to take that next step of actually having your own business and it's it's another step again um on that journey to really um being you know uh, so connected to the business and so affected by it and it's so all in um that uh you know, it's very exciting as well as quite stressful. But um, yeah, so so I guess I'd always had in the back of my mind about what would it be like? And I think, you know, I wanted to do it one day. It's like I could never imagine getting to the end of my life and thinking that I'd never done that. It was something that was always, I needed to figure out, you know, whether it was for me or not. Um, so it was always there. But um, I had the opportunity, I was, I was really lucky, you know, J.W. Hume was sold to iMedia Brands, which is another Minnesota company. Um, and so once that happened, um, I decided not just to stay on with them and they had their own things they wanted to do with the brand and, and they're off to doing really exciting things. Um, so I had this chance for, kind of take a moment to think, what do I want to do next? And of course the pandemic hit, but Honestly, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist, which gets me into a lot of <laughs> trouble. Uh, but, you know, I had no idea that this pandemic was going to be as huge and as long lasting as it has been. Um, so, I, you know, I didn't, um, I wasn't as concerned about that. Um, so I thought now is a great time when I've got this moment to think about how do I reinvent myself and what does it feel like going forwards to try to to follow this this itch inside of, of having my own business. So 
Well, yes, who, who would have known the pandemic would have lasted as long as it had, right? Yeah. If you had known that you may not have launched your own business in the middle of a pandemic, but, <laughs> but, to, your, but to your point, I, I think a lot of people have really taken the time during the pandemic to reassess what it is they want to do, what gives them joy. You know, we have yeah. limited time on this planet. And I think people have had an opportunity to stop down and think for the first time in a long time, you know, mm. am I doing, am I in a career that makes me happy that um, allows me to stretch and grow? And if not, a, a lot of people are making that change. In fact, more I was reading a stat the other day that more companies have been created in the first part of this year than all of last year and the year before, right? It's just wow. people are really starting to create their own businesses. So you're not alone. Uh, right. And a lot of those businesses were created in the pandemic. Um, but talk about why natural skincare, uh, especially having come out of, you know, a legacy leather goods brand, for example, yeah. why, why, why natural skincare? <laughs> well, it wasn't something, it wasn't something that I knew was going to be that, you know, I was definitely looking at a lot of different ideas. Um, but as I explored that more and more, um, it had a few ingredients that I, excuse the pun, I had a few <laughs> ingredients that I, I really um, liked. Uh, one, you know, it's a, it's a category that I could be passionate about you know I've always enjoyed you know I've had some experience in the, in the beauty industry more on the cosmetic side and the um, beauty tools side and things like that and some in the supplements business so you know that type of thing but um, you know I really have always loved um, just trying different things and playing with different things and understanding ingredients and you know, understanding all that kind of thing. I've, I've always loved that, um, you know, since I was a, you know, a young girl. So it was something I knew I could be passionate about and excited about. And I think that uh, with, with hindsight is really important. And uh, I wanted that to be true, but now I'm in it. I, I know it really um, is important for that to be true. Um, and then I knew that people were taking more and more care and understanding about what's in the products that they put on their skin or, eat you know put in their bodies or on their bodies or on their hair um so i know that's a huge trend for people to be much, much more aware of that both the impact on them and on the environment as well um and you know that a lot of that came from jw hume you know understand that customers really care about how the product is made and where it's made and, and all of those things um so i thought that was a good you know solid business position to have and then the other thing was I really just from a business perspective I really wanted it to be a category that's high replenishment so you know but you buy it you like it you're going to buy another bottle and just uh, you know uh, having tried to you know having been in a business which is selling kind of once in a lifetime products in many ways you don't have that same so I really was interested in okay from an e-commerce point of view, once you acquire a customer, you want them to buy again and again and again. So I thought if I can create a product that people love, uh, they'll buy it and then they'll buy it again and again and again, and I won't have to acquire as many customers, which as, as we know is the expensive and difficult right. part of it all um, as much. So, it, you know, it ticked a lot of, or checked a lot of those boxes. And, uh, and um, yeah, so I just, uh, I just kind of fell in love with the idea. Yeah, 
Well, and, and not only fell in love, you developed it and you've launched it. And what I'm wondering, I'm always interested to hear, especially considering you launched it last year, were there some unique challenges that you faced and had to overcome because of the pandemic? Or maybe it removed some barriers uh, because there wasn't that predisposition that you had to go have face-to-face -face meetings and things like that. I'm just curious, um, when you launched, uh, what were some hurdles that you had to cross? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, again, I was looking for a business that I could kind of run from anywhere and travel and, you know, take it on the road, so to speak. So in a sense, I was already predisposed to a business that was, I wouldn't say pandemic proof, but that was, could be run, you know, using digital means. Um, so in a sense, I think that having the pandemic limited in that way was helpful because it, it forced me to do that, which is sort of what I wanted anyway. So I think, and I think that, you know, but having everyone be open to you know, Zoom calls instead of meetings and, you know, doing things online, um, I think was in a way an advantage because it did take out that need to do things face-to-face, -face, which might've been a little bit limiting, but, um, so yeah, and but in terms of actually kind of developing the products and that kind of thing, um, it didn't have too much of an effect. I think where I have missed out and I'm looking forward to changing that as things open up is being able to do events and testing events and, you know, really interacting with people with the products. Um, you know, I love talking to people about them and I've definitely, you know, reached out and spoken to some of my top customers that, See what they think of the products and why they chose them and why they love them and things like that but to do that face to face and have people being able to try the products and, and that kind of thing I think will be great uh, although there's lots of ways to do that um, digitally in a way now as well with the sort of streaming shopping it's, I haven't I haven't done it yet but I'm sort of exploring the idea of you know create you can create these videos talk about the products and people can buy directly from the video uh, something for maybe next year <laughs> right exactly right so i mean you're only a year old right you still have right. some runway to try yeah. uh some new things and do some and get your model just just so i'm curious how have you found running your own business different than running someone else's business talk about that how how that might be different or the same yeah i mean i've always put a lot of myself into any role that I've had and really felt, you know, ownership and felt, uh, you know, like I was spending my own money. But when you really are spending your own money, it, does. <laughs> it is a little different. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, you know, for me, you know, I think any, you know, any role you need resilience and you need the right mindset. But I think being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I've really realized that it's, you know, 80% at least is mindset, resilience, and just knowing why you're doing it and being able to lean back on that because it's really challenging and it's really lonely. I, I do have a lot of support and I have some great friends and mentors and people that have just supported me incredibly. And I always have people to reach out to and talk to, but, um, you know, as opposed to working in 
either small or big company where you have a real, um, and it's partly the pandemic too, but you have a real sort of social connection with people. Uh, but, you know, I don't have that as much. And I'm really weighing the decisions totally on my own, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do it. I mean, right. you know, right. I, 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 it's, like the, <laughs> it's the pros and cons. You know, I really wanted to do it my way and be, you know, ha- you not have to, you know, bring along people and, and all of those kind of things and just, you know, do it how I want. But at the same time, actually having the opportunity to have people's input and support and everything um, is something that I've had to kind of create separately because it doesn't happen automatically. So uh, I think that's, I think it's the mindset and resilience piece and just having that, being able to dig deep on that and then the sort of automatic support network and just that natural um, sort of connection points and, and team support I think would be the, the main differences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All very valid. Um, the resiliency, and I call it the grit, right? That's required. You just have mm-hmm. to gut through it, right? You, and and it and it will pass, right? You will learn, and you will optimize, and then you'll learn and optimize, and that's just the path of the entrepreneur. I feel like. Yeah. So, for people listening today um, about your journey as this entrepreneur launching your own brand, you know, could would you have three or so pieces of advice for people considering launching their own business that they need to consider before they start um, or as they start to dive into starting their business that you would say, you know, if I had known these three things or I'm glad I did know these three things, they were critical to me being able to have survived my first school year um, as an entrepreneur. Yes, um, I probably got um, a list of things that I put my mind to it, but some things that would be the, the big ones would be one, um, you know, really believing in the business and doing something you're passionate about. It's such a cliche today, you know, follow your passions, do something you're passionate about. And I think that can get people confused. But I do think um knowing that you're going to have tough times and that what's going to keep you going is really believing in your product or your service or believing in what you're doing and having it be something that you know you would do when all the odds are against you because that's how it's going to feel some days is really important so I think choosing your product or niche or what you're going to do you know is isn't, don't, don't just do something because someone else did it and made money. I think that, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to add to the list. <laughs> but right, but not at the, the top of the list. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think, um, and I may be speaking to myself back to the optimism, but I think everything takes longer than you think. So having the runway, you know, whatever your financial situation is, you know, make sure you've got enough runway, much more than you think. Um, you know, business models on paper or, you know, what you think is going to happen on paper, what they sell you in your the webinar that you've been to or whatever, you know, doesn't necessarily come true and stuff happens, pandemics or, um, you know, your, 
you know, advertising ROI doesn't, you know, ramp up as quickly as you, you want, or, you know, suddenly there's a lot more competition, about whatever it is, it takes time. So um, <clears throat> I think just making sure you've really thought that through to get, and that just as well as to help take that pressure off a little bit so you can enjoy it and enjoy the process. Um, there'd be two main things. And I think for a third one, um, I think just having, you know, creating that network of people that you can go to and ask for help and know that people love helping and you don't need to feel embarrassed or worried about asking for help. Um, but generally people are very flattered and actually they love it when you ask them for help because, you know, they, it's, they, they feel like they finally got something to offer. You know, I think it's yeah, like, they feel I, useful. I, people want to use and I've just been amazed at how many people have been so helpful and so giving of their time and their contacts and their genuine advice and things like that and I think just um, sort of lining up that maybe involving people in the decision process as you go through it and then um, <clears throat> just keeping that network alive as you go forward so you can you know tap into people and, and not to be afraid to do that um, there'd be Three immediate yeah. things. It's Those are all three good things. Yes, maybe I should have you post your entire list on the site <laughs> yeah. or something. Because it I, I think everyone's journey is somewhat unique, right? As they launch, conceive and launch a business. But there are some commonalities, right? That tend to yeah. um, help pave the way. Um, you know, surviving your first year is big. You know, not just surviving, but thriving in your first year is big. I always say to people, you know, the first 12 to 24 months, you know, there's, it's like a roller coaster, you know, you just, it's, you just got to belt in and hang on and um, it will start to get better really after I think that 18 to 24 month mark. Um, so you're kind of in that spot now. So as you look ahead, you know, what do you have planned? What do you see on the horizon near term for, uh, for your company? Yeah, so I'm excited that I'm going to be um, launching into a retail store. So I've got my first wholesale partner coming up um, in a couple of months. So that's it. And I'm not pursuing that aggressively. I'm being quite choiceful about, um, you know, where I go and things like that. But I think that's what it's said again, just to be in the real world, not just the digital world, I think is is great. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm still, uh, honestly, you know, I feel like I'm on the cusp finally of potentially figuring out my Facebook ad strategy. It's taken me this long, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, getting rejected by Facebook multiple times and closed down and reset oh, up. Yes. You know, it's, it's brutal and, um, you know, so I, I feel I'm on the cusp of hoping that gets working. I think when that, if I can get that to where I want it to be, to be more of a flywheel going that can fund other things, I think that'll be um, really important. Something I feel really excited and passionate about, but I, I you know, and I hope to get it off the ground and, and going more powerfully is using my um, passionate customer base to help build the business so you know I have this um, affiliate program to use a technical term but I call it the 
for better virtue, the virtuous circle, um, where you know, people <laughs> who, yeah, people who love the brand and love the products, you know, they tell their friends and family about it. Um, and those friends and family buy the products, then the, the original person will get 20% of the sale. So it's a classic mm -hmm. affiliate program, but more on a real kind of relationship basis, because you know, I do have some customers who you know, really you know, love the products and are really passionate about them. And I know they love talking about them. Um, so I, I, I think there's real potential there. And honestly, I'd just rather give my 20% to my lovely customers than I would to Facebook, you know, right. quite honestly. So I really would love Blasphemy, to... Claire, blasphemy. I, isn't that a shocker? I mean, I just feel like... Uh, um... <laughs> So no, I, I agree because they're going to be out there working for you because they love the product, right? Yeah. And we all know, we all know, especially with women, if we love it, we're going to tell everybody about it. Yeah. If we don't love it, we're also going to tell everybody about it. So yeah. 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 Oh, that's very true. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, definitely. So um, so there's a few, there's a few ideas that I've got. Um, but ultimately, you know, from a business perspective, I'm go, I really want to spend the next six months, you know, just figuring out this, you know, customer acquisition strategy to make sure it's break even or profitable so that I can then decide, okay, do I want to sink a whole load more of my money into it? Do I want to bring in a partner or an investor? You know, what, you know, what's the next phase or do I want to just keep it ticking over as a, as a small business? You know, what's the, What's the future? And at the moment, I don't know what that is. I just want to see, you know, how the next six months or so goes. And I want to just get it to a position where I have options. You know, if I can get the results I want, then that will give me options to take it forward however um, I see fit. Being online, you know, essentially you're global. I mean, would you say that expanding that base more globally is a desire as well or does that not matter as much I mean you are launching your first you know brick and mortar relationship so maybe that's more of a priority are you looking are you looking to expand more of that e-commerce um, um well it's interesting because you know I have a lot of friends and family in the UK as you can imagine uh, right? so there's, yeah. there seems like an obvious expansion opportunity there but honestly, you know, I had so much potential just within the US at the moment. Um, and uh, I think my focus really needs to remain there. I'm very easily distracted. So I could easily get caught up in other ideas, but I think there's so much opportunity there. And of course, with, you know, going global, I mean, digitally, yes, um, but you've still got to figure out, you know, the shipping or move, getting a 3PL in the right country. And then I think the, um, you know, all the labeling laws, all the ingredient laws and things like that are, are yeah. really different. I mean, you know, my product being all organic and clean ingredients, and I'm very strict about what I put in it. So actually it would, um, you know, it would, you know, be approved by EU, you know, um, laws, you know, that a lot, a lot of the EU, you know, products would not, would, a lot of the US products would not pass the EU laws. Mine would. Um, but I, you know, I don't have three languages on the packaging and, you know, right. all of those Other things, things you'd have to do. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's actually, you know, um, a few hurdles that would, 
you know, need to happen. So I think my focus will be on the US um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of upside there, but I think it's, it's really more about finding the most effective ways to reach you know, more customers that are like the customers I've got um, that I can, so I can get to a scale that, that makes sense um, to you know, make a sustainable business. Yeah, right. Well, you're off to a great start, that's for sure. And it's always so exciting for me to talk with someone like you, Claire, who's had a dream, gone and like launched the dream and you're now growing the dream. It's just, it's so fantastic. And I wanna, I wanna remind everyone where they can find your products as well and, and go try them themselves. It's Bella, B-E-L-L-A, Virtue, B-I-R-T-U, organics.com, bellavirtueorganics.com. So any last words of wisdom for people pursuing their dreams today, Claire? Any, any? I one? think it's, you know, lots of small steps add up to, you know, a, you know, a long distance and it's just keep going and just see what the next step is in front of you and take that and um, don't feel too overwhelmed about you know looking looking up the mountain, but just uh, yes. keep going, and then you can learn and grow as as you move forward. Yes, yes, wise words because it can be overwhelming otherwise, right? You just right. do do today what you can to move the business forward or whatever the dream is forward, and before you know it, you look back and you realize how far you've come. Right. That's exactly right. And, you know, look, you look back over a year, you know, oh, yeah, this is all the things I've done. But, you know, every, sometimes on the day to day, like, what what did I accomplish today? But, um, you know, you look back over a year like, whoa, you know, so it, do, it does add up. It does. Well, congratulations on Bella Virtue Organics. And I'm excited to see where you take the business next and really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, it was so great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to George, my producer, for another great show. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Until next time, keep running after your dreams. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.